Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Let's Talk CFL Podcast. Roundtable discussion recorded live on Sunday and Wednesday nights. Visit Let's Talk CFL on Facebook for showtime. Brought to you by the Let's Talk Sports Groups on Facebook. Our partners, LostWorldOnSport.com. Stream live on BlogTalkRadio.com. Hey, good evening, sports fans, and welcome to Let's Talk CFL Podcast, episode number 491. Oh, my God, we're coming to that elusive 500 really quickly. Um, yeah, that's it. We're going to – we've been, like, years on the air, man. How long? I don't know. It, it, it just seems like forever. But 500 episodes are coming up. We're going to get there probably – well, before the end of the season, for sure. Probably midway through the season. Anyhow, what the hell. This is 491. I'm your host, Christopher Jones, coming to you from the cab of my F-350. I don't know. This is actually, I'm starting to enjoy this. Now, I got my own little office set up. I'm sitting in the passenger seat. Got the driver's seat. It's got a steering wheel there. Of course it does, right? But that would be in the way. And now I got my iPad and my laptop and my cell phone here. And I'm on my Bluetooth through my my actual uh, stereo in the, in the Ford using the, uh, the setup that they have uh it, it it's actually quite well i'm I'm really starting to enjoy this so i may not go back to my computer i may buy a new laptop or a new ipad or something uh just to spoil myself uh anyhow um yeah we're 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 in the middle of fucking cfl now we week one is finished it's in the books we actually had Four football games, like real football games that counted for points towards the standings last weekend. And uh, we're going to talk about those games this week. Uh, pretty spectacular games. Uh, the first two were like uh, the definition of what CFL is all about. You show those first two games to anybody that's never watched a CFL game before, they're a fan instantly. Just like that, they will watch this game forever. Um, it just it blows my mind how wonderful it was. They were good games. They were close games. They went down to the wire. Uh, final drive, uh, kicking field goals to win, whatever. I don't know. It was a, it was truly a great game, both of those. Uh, the last two games, I, well, don't get me wrong. I absolutely enjoyed the BC Lions game. It was like a true molly whopping of those Edmonton Elks, and we'll get to that. But, uh, you know, Saskatchewan game, that was it, – it was almost boring, right? And, I mean, like, I know Saskatchewan came out and won. And it was just like, oh, geez, it, when is this game over already? Uh, but, you know, it's still football. You can't really say that yet. Not yet. So, uh, yeah, what else are we going to talk about? What else is new and wonderful in the world, and what can I rant about? Uh, we're go- I'm going to rant. I'm going to rant about Randy Ambrosi, but not right now. It's part of the agenda. I'm going to rant about Simone Lawrence, not right now because it's part of the agenda. Um, and I really don't think Simone Lawrence needs to be re- uh, reprimanded for that hit, but that's beside the point. And I'm sure there's a lot of people out there, especially Winnipeg fans, that do it. Uh, power rankings, we're going to talk about those. I mean, seriously, how can you do power rankings after week one, and how can they be so pathetically incorrect and wrong? Uh, well, that's my opinion, of course, and what else matters? Uh, so anyhow, let's bring the panel in. Um, we got two guys in here tonight that are typical, normal Everyday panel, CFL, let's talk CFL panelists, Will McDonald and Charles Cliff. No, welcome to the show, buddy. How are you? 
William. Did you say Will? I thought you said I, Charles. I, am, I said I Will. Am good. William. Will, William. I, I am good. Bill. I am good. Something I am like fine. I am fantastic. I got to watch four football games on the weekend. Actually, I didn't watch all four, but I watched most of them, all of them. Um, hey, the BC Lions, the Calgary Stampeders, the Winnipeg Blue Bombers, and the Saskatchewan Rough Riders all started their undefeated seasons. How long will they last? Yeah. That is the question. How long will they last? That is the question. Well, we shall see. Well, we shall see. I, I have an answer. I have answer for BC. Yep. It will last one more week. Okay. At least. At least. You know what? You know what I like the best. The best part of what I. The best part for me of the BC game. You know what it was. They showed Nathan Rourke's 93-year-old grandmother watching the football game. They did. At, oh, it, at BC 95. Place. And she had two beers sitting in front of her, okay? Like, yeah. like is, you know that, is, that, is that Canadian or what? I missed that. Oh, yeah. I saw his mom and dad, but I didn't see his grandma. No, they it, were it was his, together, no, so. no, it was his great-grandma. It was his great, great grandmother. grandmother. That's and right. His, wow. His great and grandma was beside her. So oh, okay. right. the right. ninety-five. Yeah. Yeah. Joseph, they, they yeah. had like great three generations. Ninety-five years old, and and no four. Yeah. Three generations four. watching, one on the field. Yeah. The fourth on the that field. Cool. That, that's that really is cool. That is kind of cool. And he could have a kid. Probably he I don't know if he does or not. I don't know if he does. Oh, I don't. Yeah. I don't think he does, but I don't know that for a fact. I don't think so. Okay, but yeah, no, I just thought it was really cool that they could all at mm-hmm. 95 years old she could make she could make it to a football game. So yeah, if you know what I mean. So well, and, you know, and she was my, my son's opening day at a at a, at a football game. As starting quarterback, my mother would go to the game, and she's 92. Yeah. She would yeah. definitely well, go. I don't think she'd be drinking neat, beer. And the neat thing was she actually reacted to his play, so that means you know she's more or less all there. You know what I mean? Yeah. She's, ca- she's very cognitive very cool. of the game. Yes, yes, yeah. very much so. So, you know. But no, I thought that was really cool. Yeah, that's all. That was that was truly spectacular. Okay, um, anything you guys want to talk about? Charles, you're there. Welcome to the show, buddy. Anything new? Hello. Wonderful. I know you spent you spent Saturday afternoon with your favorite buddy, and that was pretty cool. Yes, you came to I had lunch with you. That's correct. And then Saturday I night, I was at BC Place. I, I actually phoned so, Charles, and he was home. And we were at, we actually got together and had lunch. That was the was first there. time in three or four years that I've been we've been trying to do this. We tried Where several times, and I was always out of Abbotsford when he was there. Yeah, or I'm just going so fast that I just can't even phone him. Yeah. I'm in such a hurry to get back, or such a hurry to go somewhere. Anyhow, but yeah, it kind of worked out really well. We got to have lunch and uh, talk for a little bit there. 
yeah, we only went to A&W, but who cares? Uh, yep. It was good food. Yep. It was very nice. And then I was off yeah. to the game. I thought yeah. about it afterwards. I'm thinking to myself, yeah, he probably got to merit before I got to the stadium. Charles, how many people were at the game, truly? Uh, they reported 34,000. I would say that was very, quite accurate. It, it seemed accurate. That was... Okay, I, so, I looked around in the so, I looked around in the crowd. I said, eh, "It's probably around thirty, between thirty-two and thirty-five thousand. They said thirty-four, and uh, that was accurate. I was okay. up on the upper deck, and I was stunned at how many people were there, on, in the upper deck. Like, because yeah. initially when they opened the upper deck, all they opened was five sections. But I would sit there and I counted the sections. And I think they had thirteen sections open in the upper deck. And the majority of it was fairly full. Oh, yes. I actually posted some pictures. I don't know. You will probably didn't see them, but I, I did post some pictures of the upper deck. And it was relatively full, and pretty much the entire Lobo was pretty much full as well. Oh, so the 34,000 they recorded is, I would say, is accurate. Cool. Yeah. I mean, there's 25,500 seats in the lower bowl. I always so thought it was more than that. Bowl, I always thought it was like 28,000. No, it's 25,500 seats is, is, is the sellout in the lower bowl. And so that would mean there's about 10,000 people in the upper bowl. And there's probably more up there because there would have been some people that didn't come in for the bottom bowl. But, you know, hey, whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was exciting to see BC place that full. I wish I was there. I wish I was. Yes, there. it was. It was good. Okay. It was nice to see see it full like that. To be honest. Okay, I have. A, we... I have a question. I have a question. Why? It's funny because we were talking I about can, that the other I day, and we we I don't know. Yeah. Okay. We can't answer it. I mean, I know they okay. had the. They had the continent with One Direction, or not One Direction, but One Republic, and that was a draw. But here's the thing about that, is that tickets, Lions tickets went on sale about a month ago, and the concert was announced before they even went on before the tickets went on sale. Uh, So you would think if if the concert was the big draw, those tickets would have sold right away after the tickets went on sale. They didn't know. They all a, a large majority of the tickets seemed to sell in the last week, and I'm not sure why. Hmm. Just out of the blue. Okay. Okay. I mean, there you can, there the BC oh. Lions are marketing. I posted that twice. Okay. They're doing things that haven't happened in years. I mean, there's. Uh, big banners on the side of buses. There's billboards. There's all sorts of stuff. They're spending money in the city. But I honestly don't believe that marketing like that will work, will be successful, will do anything. I mean, hmm. it, it gets excitement in the, with the fans. But, you know, you sitting on the side of the road and you're not a football fan or you're not a CFL fan and you see a billboard on a bus, does that make you want to go to a football game? No. No. You know, well, especially one, if you're a soccer fan or baseball or even an NFL fan, why would you just all of a sudden go, ah, you know, CFL, I should check it out. But 
it, it something worked. Yeah, obviously. Obviously. And, well, and you know why, like, why they, they capped out? They capped out at 34,000 people? Is because BC Place did not have enough trained staff for the concession stand. Yeah. So, so they had to shut the sales, ticket sales down, or it would have been higher. Uh, yeah, and they 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 maybe even went a little little higher than they should have to be honest. Because I know there was, I was at the concession stands and the concession stands had very long lines even in the upper deck, and I know they run the the they were had a, like a twenty five minute wait for hot dogs, and they ran out of popcorn, and so on. So they were they were I mean, I'm not going to come down too hard on them because literally they put it all. Literally, they put this kind of together uh, at the last minute because week. it was only like it was less than a week. They 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 announced that they were opening the upper deck on Tuesday, so it was like five days. So they did their best and they did a good job, but uh, yeah, they, did, it's, uh, they were without their issues. But I don't think too many people complained about it. Okay. Yeah. So, um, let, you want to talk about the games? Let's talk about the games here. So, okay. the very, 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 very first game of the 2022 season was Thursday night. It was the Montreal Alouettes into Calgary to play the Stampeders. Okay? And... Montreal played a very good game. Calgary played a good game. And it was close. It was back and forth. Uh, I don't know what to say. Um, William, go ahead. Talk to us about this game. Um, Well, number one and most important, I was very, very disappointed at the crowd. Okay. Um, I don't know what the announced attendance was, but... If it was if it was over fifteen thousand people, I'd be shocked. All right. Um, I don't know if Thursday night had something to do with it, but I wouldn't think it had anything to do with it. But it did. Um, the Calgary Stampeders they played okay. They had some they had some hiccups, and Montreal scored. When they had their hiccups, um, they came back in the second half. They were down by 10 points, and they came back and won the game, and they only allowed Montreal to score three in the second half. Um, is Bo Levi Mitchell is Bo Levi Mitchell back? Um, he can throw the ball again. There's no doubt about that. And he spent, uh, he spent most of the night overthrowing receivers. Um, yep. They they had they had an added they had an added running game, which made a huge difference for them. They scored a number of touchdowns from running the ball, so that tells me their offensive line is going to be okay, and their running game is going to be okay. And I really do believe that Bo Levi Mitchell will be eventually okay. And if he's not, they'll replace him with Jake Mayer. Um, exciting back and forth game to watch, and the right team won, in my opinion. So. What more can I say? 
The attendance was 21,000. Yeah. I find that I just, really uh, hard to believe. I find that yeah, really 20, hard to believe. 21,139 is what it says here. Yeah. Okay. Yep. I'm going to say it didn't it look was, like that. I, I, I was watching on TV that that looked like a that sounds like a generous number from what I saw. It was it was sparse. That's all I'm going to say. Yeah. So. So Bully by Mitchell threw 34 passes. Okay. Yep. Mm-hmm. He got 199 yards. Yep. Jake Mayer threw five passes and got 57 yards. So that's uh-huh. 25% of the production of Bo Levi, but it was seven times less attempts. Okay, and I, I could know. counter that. I could counter that with, I could counter that with, Jake Mayer played two series and got three points. Bo Levi Mitchell yep. played the rest of the game and got 27 points. So, Right. So that doesn't sound very good. It was enough to win the game. Jake Mayer, Mayer, Mayer won the game. No, he didn't. Because it was tied when he went in. He was it, the yeah. game was tied when he went into the game. Yeah, and yeah. he scored three points to win the game. No, he didn't score three points. He. Uh, oh, Levi played good someone, enough to tie the game. The kicker did. Jake Mayer played good enough to win the game. Jake Mayer set the kicker up to win the game. Uh, you know what? I just figured it okay. out. That's why Will looked so grumpy in that picture because he had to watch a kicker kick a field goal. We know how much. Yeah, that could have been it. That could have been it. No, all I wanted Charles was for them to win. And okay. and I mean, you can see what say whatever you want about Bo Levi Mitchell, but you know what? His uh, he can throw the ball again. He showed yeah, that. Is he out of it? Is he out of his he, walking boot? Yes, he is. He uh, he was throwing overthrowing guys all night all night long, and we're talking sixty seventy yards down the field. So that part of his yeah. game is back. I guess I guess he's got to become accurate again. I don't know. And and of course, did you notice what he did in the first series? I think or the second series, which he hasn't done forever. He ran. He ran for he ran for a first down. <laughs> yeah. That was impressive. For a minute there, I thought yeah, I'd. He, uh, for a minute there, I thought it was Damon Allen or something. Twilight Zone. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So Charles, but anything once again, you want to add about this again, game? Nope. Sorry, let Will finish. Okay. Once again, all it, it, the only thing it's about is the W, man. It's only about the W. W, W, W. Can't argue. Okay. Charles, you got, got anything to add to this? Uh... Montreal really laid an egg in the second half because they had all the momentum going into halftime there, and then when they came out of there, it was just uh, they completely fell apart. So I was actually well, really, I mean. They did lose Stanback. 
that that was a key. That's going to hurt them more than a lot of people think because that guy is a horse. They had the other guy who actually played really well, but Stanback may be the best running back in the CFL. So to lose a guy like that, not uh, he's hard to no, – not this year. You're right. He, that's going to be a guy that's going to be hard to replace. Without doubt. Without doubt, that's going to be a tough one. Okay, yep. so um, we we picked the scores. Uh, the final score was 27-30 to 30 for the Calgary Stampeders over the Montreal Alouettes. Charles, you picked Calgary to win with 41 points. The total was 57. You were off by 16. You got 100 points plus 10. Will, you picked Calgary as well with 49 points, so you were off by 8. So you got 126. CJ was picked Calgary with 51. I was out by 6. So I got 130. Rudy picked Montreal by 35. He got no points for the win, and he got no points for the score because he was, like, so far off. Loser. Okay. So the next game, which was the Ottawa Red Blacks into Winnipeg to play the Blue Bombers, and I thoroughly enjoyed this game. I honestly believe the wrong team won. Ottawa outplayed Winnipeg. And it's unfortunate that they, again, they won by less than a field goal. So, uh, yeah, I just, uh, this was a good game of football. I, I, it, it showed a lot of warts for the Winnipeg Blue Bombers, I'll tell you that. And Zach Caleros took a pretty good shot to the noggin and uh, went down hard. And it was more his head hitting the ground than the, the hit hitting him. So it's hard, very hard to say anything about the hit. Charles, what do you got to add to this? If you solely looked at the stats, you would swear that the Ottawa Red Blacks would have won that game because they had over 400, they had 441 yards of offense uh compared to Winnipeg's two eighty nine. The bombers really backed into a win in this one. Um I gotta agree. I was very impressed with Jeremiah Mazzoli passing for three hundred and eighty yards. Uh not enough touchdowns in this one. Neither team really had a running game in this one. But boy, it's starting to look like uh the bombers might end up missing Andrew Harris a whole lot more than a lot of people think because their running game was non-existent. When your leading rusher is Brady Oliveira with 17 yards, that's not a good thing. And I also think it's problematic that Greg Ellingson, although he had a good game, he was their leading receiver with 74 yards. Where are these younger receivers like Nick Dembski and so on? Drew Wolotarski, these are the guys that should be stepping up. Now the guys like Garvin Adams and Kenny Lawler are gone. Not Greg Ellingson. Ellingson should be a third receiver at his point of his career because he's not going to, I don't think, be able to keep up a pace like that all year because so, he is getting up there in years. they got to be worried. I'm sure they were holding their breath when they saw Zach Caleros go down late in that game and um, slowly get up. In fact, it was the spotter that actually took him off the field uh, because they saw it look like Which he had his bell Thank, yeah, exactly. And 
you got to give them credit because it was at a point in the game where the game was still very much in doubt. And, but they, they didn't hesitate, which I'm glad to see because they shouldn't. So and I know I saw a few people complaining about it, but it was absolutely the right call. So, uh, yeah, I'm kind of with CJ here that Ottawa probably should have won this game. They, for the most part on the night, was the better team. But you know what? Sometimes the better team just doesn't pull out the victory, and they didn't. So a lucky one for the Bombers, but they're going to have to uh, – if they want a, any chance at uh, a third straight Grey Cup, they're going to have to put uh, a little bit uh, – we're going to have to see some more out of them than what we saw last week. Hundred percent, William. What do you got to say? You know what? I watched. I watched most of this game. I actually kind of thought it was a little bit of a drag, but. Um, and I and I would agree that Ottawa shoulda, coulda, woulda won, but they didn't. Okay, pretty simple. Um, Zach Galaris, I think because of his history, the spotter was one thousand percent right for taking him out. And doesn't matter. Yep. Doesn't matter what part of the game it is, how far they're up or how far they're down. Uh, right choice. The one thing I was amazed at. And you guys correct me if I'm wrong. The stats that I saw on the screen, Zach Kolaris has only lost two games since he's been in Winnipeg. Is that right? <laughs> I think that's correct. because, And they were both last season because when he joined the Bombers back in 2019, I don't think he lost a game that whole time. No, there. And, then they o- and they only lost twice last year. So I think that's, that's actually correct pretty, that. That is pretty freaking amazing if you think about it. I mean, Absolutely he's won two great cups. He's won two great cups, and in that two great cups, he's lost two games. Yep. That's just unbelievable. I couldn't believe that stat. I had to actually go and look to make sure it was true. So he's your man, it's but he can't true. take any more hits. He can't take any more hits. It, it, it's a team sport. You can't say he hasn't. Yeah. Lo- he's lost two games. No, it's not him. No, that's right. No, but but right. what he does have to do, what he does have to do. I'm sorry. I know he probably doesn't think that way, but he's got a fucking slide. Okay, he can't try yeah. to take guys on oh. head on. Like, are you dumb? No. I I I almost threw up when I saw him do that. Okay, it's like, oh my god. Yeah. Really. Yeah, that was pretty stupid. You, you know, the the whole thing about that is, uh, we were bo- all holding our breath because we saw him running, we saw him diving yeah. for extra yards, and we're going, please, please, don't do this. Be okay, be okay. And he gets pounded into the turf. Okay, yeah. it's like our worst fear came true. Why couldn't it have just been, oh, okay, well, we're just overreacting a little bit. No, it really, it could have ended his career right there. Yeah. And, I mean, I don't and care. Was, I don't care if it's his warrior spirit. I don't care about any of that shit. Okay? No. He, no. Makes, he makes the CFL better, okay? And I'd like to watch him for a little while longer. Yeah. Y- yes. Um it's selfish. 
it, it is a very selfish play, and I, I hate to say that. But, you know, it's just like, Jesus. Like, He's like got to he realize phone, that. He should phone Bo, because Bo hooks light it 10 minutes before he had to, okay? Mm-hmm. Yeah. No shit. No shit. He should teach how to do that. In 2019, Zach Caleros was a member of the Saskatchewan Rough Riders, and he was yep. taken out in the first game quarter. Actually, the second play. Third play. Third, third play. First game, third, play. Third, third play. Third play of the first game of the season. He was removed. He was gone. He never played another down for Saskatchewan. That almost happened to Winnipeg this year, just this game. First game of the season. Yep. You don't lose your star yep. quarterback. No. On a dumb play. You no, you don't. I agree. You know, no matter what, I still I still want to slap Wally Buono for putting Travis Lule into a meaningless rainy game in Ottawa where Travis Lule dislocated his shoulder on the third play, fourth play of the game or something stupid like that. Do you remember that, Charles? I do. He had just come back from shoulder surgery. He rehabbed it, and they put him back in the Ottawa game, and BC was up by a gazillion. And it was just like, why? Why? He gets injured on a meaningless play in a meaningless game. Yep. Yep. And, and, and that was and basically exactly the. I was gonna Go say ahead. that was basically the end of his career. I mean, he did come back for a little while, but after that, he was never yeah. the same. No, no, not at all. And you know, and I, I hate you know as Will will say, a W is a W is a W. A win is important as as it's as important in June as it is in in October. September, October, but it was only two points. It was the first game of the year. It's not worth sacrificing your body for, your career for, your life for. It's not that important. Okay. It is not. Anybody have anything else to add about this game? Nope. Nope. I, Winnipeg didn't shine. That's all I got to say. So the final score was 19 to 17 for Winnipeg over Ottawa. Pretty low scoring game. Total points were 36. Charles took Winnipeg for 45. You got 100 points plus 24. Uh, Will, you picked Winnipeg at 35. You got 100 points plus 40. CJ took it at 40 points, and he got 100 points plus 34. So I was actually low man there. Um, Rudy got uh, Winnipeg 32. He ended up with 34 points plus his 100. So that was pretty close right across the board. We all did good on that one. Okay, so the, the, the first game on Saturday night, was Hamilton Tiger Cats into Regina to play the Rough Riders. Now, 
This was a fucking boring game. I, I don't know how else to describe this. It was just boring. They went back and forth, back and forth. Everybody says, oh, it was a great defensive game. It was not a good defensive game. In fact, it was a terrible offensive game, and the defense just looked better than they were. So I got nothing to think about this game. It was, the only thing is, is this, why did the spotters not take Cody Fajardo out? Because he got his bell rung. You could you could you could say the same thing about uh, Vernon Adams in the Winnipeg or in the Calgary game as well. And Winnipeg got a roughing the passer play, and he got hit right in the mouth, and they didn't take him out. So I guess Cal- Calgary did. I don't know. Yeah, they didn't Calgary take him out. Him I don't know why. Mouth. Yes, sir. Okay. So. But Cody Fajardo got his bell rung. I think it was by Simone Lawrence, wasn't it? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Lawrence got fined yeah, on the play. Typical, yeah, it was a typical Simone Lawrence hit. So Cody Fajardo should have sat out three plays there. Just my personal opinion. Not not that it mattered to the outcome of the game, not that it did anything else, but if you're going to do this, you need some consistency. We've got this in there for the health and safety and well-being of the players for no other reason than the well-being of the players. And they go and drop the ball and don't protect the player. Right. Blows my mind. Mine too. William, go ahead. Um, you know what? I, I'm not going to disagree with you. I, I thought that game was kind of like watching paint dry. Um, nobody, nobody showed me anything spectacular, Saskatchewan or Hamilton. I still, I still think Saskatchewan is going to be down there in the league the rest of the year. Um, and Hamilton, Hamilton's kind of... I don't know about Hamilton because they don't forget they were not that impressive at the beginning of last year, and they eventually were in the Great Cup. So, um, but it, it doesn't. It, to me, they didn't look like they replaced Brandon Banks with anybody. Um, you know, Dane Evans, in my opinion, didn't look that great. Um, he didn't look as good as as Jeremiah Mazzoli did. That's for sure. No. So, no not at all. So, not good. You know, but I'm not the guy who, I'm not going to, I'm not going to, I'm not a, you guys know I'm not a, I'm not a Jeremiah Mazzoli fan. So I, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. But yeah. Okay. Overall the game. Go ahead. I'm going to ask you this right now. You saw Jeremiah yeah. Mazzoli play for Ottawa. What did you think? Yeah. He looked like a real quarterback. He looked like a real quarterback. 100% he did. No, did. No, I, did. I haven't seen him play like did, that in five years. Did Paul, did Paul Lapo, did Paul Lapolis 
knew he was going to have Jeremiah Mazzoli as his quarterback. Has he designed that offense around Jeremiah Mazzoli's strengths? It's possible. Um, well, you have to. They they have a lot of they have a lot of veteran players on their team this year via free agency. Um, they probably yeah. have a lot of pride in their room, and they have and they have a rebuilt offensive line. So you never know. I mean, we have seen we have seen teams turn it around in a year, and could Ottawa yeah. be that team this year? I think Ottawa can be. I don't think Edmonton is. I don't think. I still. I still. And and he can prove me wrong. I still don't think Jeremiah Mazzoli is going to win anybody a Grey Cup. No, I, I I don't disagree with you. But he sure looked like he's he's not that. Well, no, I just think he played a really good game of team that yeah. wasn't all that prepared. Maybe, maybe not. Once I again, honestly, once no. again, once again, teams don't have film on anybody yet. That's a big Correct. thing. Okay, let's see what this week brings. Well, we do have film on Winnipeg because they didn't change that much. Nobody has film on no. Ottawa because everybody has changed. Right. But you don't know what kind of what kind of what kind of things they're gonna throw in there. So you know that's all I'm saying. You don't know yeah. I mean Winnipeg okay. didn't know how to play, didn't know how to play that defense because it's a completely new defense. And as we talked yeah, about was- last week as we talked about last week, Benavides is a pretty good defensive coordinator. So, yeah. Okay, Charles, what are your what's your thoughts on the Hamilton Saskatchewan game? Well, it was a pretty. I I did not see a lot of this because at the time this was going on, I was actually in Vancouver having dinner at the time. But they did have the game right. on in the restaurant I was in, but uh, so I saw bits and pieces of it, and I certainly saw uh, you know highlights after the game. I mean, you got to look at it. With three minutes left to go, it was a 15 to 13 game. That's not all that exciting. Now the uh, Riders were able to get a couple of quick touchdowns thanks to uh, a turnover by Hamilton, uh, so the score looks a lot bigger than it was, but I don't think either one of these teams were overly impressive. Uh, but Will is right when he sa- states that uh, Hamilton started slow uh, last week or last year, but they did uh, pick up. They did get it picked up. So certainly um, when you look at it that way, I mean, you can't write them off. I don't think anyone was writing them off, but no no one's going to write them off uh, right away there. But, uh, you know, you do certainly want uh, – to have a better performance than what they had, but again, they've lost some key pieces. They lost, um, um, they lost Brandon Banks. They lost Davis. Garrett Davis. Davis. Uh, did they also lose Ted Laurent, or did he come back? I can't remember. I think Ted no, Laurent came, came back. He came but, back. But, but he came back. Those two guys there, Brandon Brandon Banks and uh, Garrett Davis. Those were very two very um, key pieces of their football team. So losing those guys just alone is going to um, 
have an effect, and it clearly did. Um, the Riders, you know, they squeaked that one out. They very easily could have lost that one. So I, even though they won, I don't think they can be feeling all that excited because, you know, it was uh, not exactly a stellar performance for their home opener. So, I mean, the Riders got the two points. They got the win, but I don't think either team is really jumping up and down excited from that game. No. Well, they shouldn't be. I mean, a win is a win, but it was an ugly win. But, you know, the the, the Ryder fans, they're, they're planning that parade route. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I, I've had – I have, really have fun with, with Dalton Johnson, okay? And uh, he, he's a great guy. And we, we're friends on Facebook, and we talk on and off here, there, and everywhere. Um, but I always make comments on his posts because he always he, – he, he's as bad as Rod Peterson at times with his writer posts. And I call him on it all the time. And he, he's just laughing his ass off. But, oh, my God, the writer fans lose their fucking minds. Yes, they Unbelievable. Do. It's so they do. Bad. Yeah. So, anyhow, let's call this one a game. It was the Hamilton Tiger Cats 13, the Saskatchewan Rough Riders 30 points. They won by 17 points. The total score was 43. Uh, Charles, you took Hamilton with 40. You got 0 and 36. Will, you took Hamilton and 53. You got 0 and 22. CJ took Hamilton at 35. I had zero and twenty-six, and uh, Rudy, the dickhead, he chose Saskatchewan. He got a hundred points plus forty. He was only out by one point, so good for him. The last game, and to me, the most exciting game of the weekend, not only because it was my BC Lions, but they absolutely mollywopped the, uh, the Edmonton Elks, and. I don't know it, what's going on with that team, but uh, it uh, wow, it was fun to watch. I mean, this this new kid, and I'm going to say Nathan Rourke. Uh, everybody's saying that oh my God, he's a Canadian. He's this is so proves the point that Canadians can play football. We got a Canadian starter. Is this the new Russ Jackson? I mean, like okay, it was one game. People, calm down. We played Edmonton. Calm down. Okay? I'll give you one game against he a pretty lousy opponent. He played amazing football. The O-line gave him lots of time. He went through his reads. He did his check down. He did his well. He did everything right. There was, I did not find a flaw in what he did. Okay? I did not find one. And that's bizarre. Uh, he missed three passes the entire night. Actually, he missed two passes the entire night, and he had a drop by a receiver. So he put the ball in the end zone every way he could. And Mr. Butler, James Butler, the running back, he had a stellar night performance. And then there was a Taushua, uh, whatever his name was, three quarterback sacks, T.J. Lee with two Interceptions, one for a, a six points. I mean, 
What did BC do wrong the entire night? Why the fuck can't they play football like this all the time? I I loved it. I, it it was a bad night for Edmonton. I felt bad for the fans. I felt bad for Chris Jones. You did his interview after. I really? did. I felt bad for Chris Jones. Yeah, yeah. I like the guy. I think he's a great really, coach. I loved it. Yeah. No, <laughs> this is no of course you okay, did. This is I, so did I. Yeah. Uh, I I I respect him for him coming on at halftime and talking to TSN and saying what he did. I mean, he basically just he he said we're just not doing it right and we have things to work on and yada yada yada. He did everything right. I I just every time BC scored, I looked at him. He kept getting smaller and smaller and smaller. And it wasn't anger, it was <clears throat> disbelief, I think. I don't know. I enjoyed the game. Charles, you were at it. Tell us what you thought. Proud. Oh, it was, people. it was a fun night. It was almost like a throwback night to like sometime back in the mid-80s or whatever, or or at least in the uh, early 2000s when Wally and... Uh, and Bobby Ackles was doing his yeah. thing. It was such a good night. There have been so many nights, like last year with COVID and everything and only being at 50% and having 12,500. Those games were always, they, I mean, they were still fun, but it was missing because half the stadium was, or, well, really more than half, like 80% of the stadium's empty. Oh, Saturday night was such an enjoyable night because it had the big crowd. And there have been times in previous seasons where the Lions would get a big crowd and absolutely lay an egg. This didn't happen this time. They actually had the big crowd, and they went out and they took care of business. The game was basically over by the midway point of the second quarter. They were basically on cruise control at that point. But they kept on it. They didn't give up anything. I mean, as far as season opener goes, that might be the best one. Honestly, that might be the best season opener in franchise history. I mean, no team had ever scored. That, that's the most a team has scored in week one in CFL history. They went back and checked that out. So, I mean, it couldn't have gone any better. Nathan Rourke was fantastic. James Butler was fantastic. I mean, honestly, um, I'm trying not to get ahead of myself because, A, it was um, – uh, one game, and they played the Eskimos, who are not exactly top-level uh, teams, so we've got to temper that at somewhat. But, hey, you you play with the cards you dealt. You're supposed to go out and take care of business, and that's exactly what the Lions did on Saturday. No doubt. Absolutely. Uh, William. Yeah. It was a game that was well, not decided by the kicker. No, sir. Um, you know what? I I watched the game, and how do you how do you protect a young quarterback? How you protect a young quarterback is by having a running game, okay? Because automatically, yeah. if you if you have a decent running game, it takes pressure off the quarterback. And I have been saying on this podcast for 10 years, 
the run sets up the pass, okay? And it's basic football, okay? And Butler, obviously, if he wasn't a good running back before, he is now, okay, because he had a – he had a career night on on Saturday, and I, yeah. I think it was a combination a combination of a number of things. Because if you look if you look at that Edmonton roster, they have some good players on that team. Okay, they yeah. really do, and uh, nobody expected BC to crush them like that. I mean, we all picked BC, but I'm sure nobody said they were going to crush them. And, uh, hey, they did a good job. Nathan Rourke looks uh, great. Um, To all those people who've been arguing this week about how Canadian he is and it doesn't matter that he went to an American school, you don't know what you're talking about, but shut up anyways. Okay. Um, It was just an overall impressive (laughs) game by BC, and, and hopefully they can keep it up. I mean, you know, I'm not saying yay, I'm not saying nay, but let's take it for what it was. It was the first game of the year, and they looked impressive, no doubt about it. So, yeah, and I mean, James Butler, it's good for it's good for the CFL and the West if BC is competitive. There's no doubt about it. Yeah. Yeah. So James Butler with 17 carries for 108 yards. Yep. 6.4 yard average with two TDs. I thought he had and three you know, TDs. You know, no, he had three, didn't he? I thought he had four. No, no he had two TDs rushing and uh, two TDs receiving. Two TDs passing. Uh, yeah. That's right. I'm, my bad. That's right. My bad. He had four total. That's right. Two touchdowns. Yep. Yeah, he had four. And the the uh, that was a uh, league record for one half of football. It was not a league yes, record was. for two halves of football. No, the record's six, I believe. Yeah, it was six in one game, and there's two people that have done it. But it, it hasn't been done since 1930. Yeah, it was a long time ago. Yeah. Yeah, far away land. Now, there was a couple of things that that happened in this game that were, I'm not going to say monumental, but they were pretty cool. And don't get me wrong here. I am not defending the Canadian ratio in any way, shape, or form. I think football players need to earn their position regardless of their nationality. Nathan Rourke got this job despite the fact he's a Canadian. Okay? That was actually detrimental for him to get this job. So I'm impressed of what he did. On the opposite side of the ball, we had Trey Ford. Right? Nick Arbuckle got hurt. Trey Ford came in. We had two Canadian quarterbacks in the same game at the same time. Oh, when he, was that ever happened? When has that ever yes. happened? Yeah. Oh, okay. I don't. I do. 
I don't, I do not I don't remember the last time we've seen week. that. I don't think it's ever happened. And it's also the first time ever that a team has gone into week one with both a Canadian starter and a Canadian backup. Yes. So, now, to me, this actually proves the point, and everybody's using this as a, a way to defend the ratio. I actually think that this is the opposite. This actually proves that the ratio is not necessary. These guys can make the team on their own without that help. Well, you've got to think of it this way. So, Nathan Rourke uh, made the team in 2020 as the backup to Michael Riley, and the quarterback didn't count as a ratio player at that point. No, he wasn't a ratio breaker at that point. So there was no advantage to having him there, but he still was listed as the number two. He made the, he made the and, team because he was that good. And once again, once again, sorry, it shows you how inept the training is in Canada. No, it doesn't show you how inept the training in Canada is. I disagree with that. Yes, it it does. shows how superior it's how superior the training is in America. Well, same thing. Fuck. No, okay. I think I, I mean, don't think so. That's not necessarily true. I, I do. No, no. You look at you look at it. You look at it like this. Okay. I believe Canada has athletes. Would you guys agree? Of course. Yes. They have good they have good athletes. Nathan Rourke was one of those good athletes, and then yeah. he went to the U.S. and then he went to the U.S. and they took that athlete and made him really good. Whereas yeah. somebody else didn't go there, stayed in Canada, and I guarantee you he's no longer in football. Michael Carter was a Thunderbird. Once again. UBC Thunderbird. Right. right. But he's also the backup. And he's also been yeah. on he's also been on four teams in four years. Yes. Okay. And so, so is Nick Arbuckle, but that's beside the point. That tells you yeah, but that's different. Yeah. Okay. And and once again, I, I'm telling you, once again, I have no issues whether they're Canadian, American, Ukrainian, Scottish, or even from BC. Oh, they are Canadians. Um, the best the best player should play. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Now I Nathan some, some, you, you you saw that you saw that, that that post from was it Rich Gablehouse or whatever the hell his name was? Yeah. Okay. Yes, and and yes. some guy, some guy actually said to me, said on there that there are NCAA players who don't make the CFL. <laughs> and all I said was because of the Canadian ratio, like like it was that obvious. Okay. Yeah. So. Uh, anyway. But there's a lot of there's a lot of American football players that do not fit the style of the Canadian game. That's just right. absolutely okay. Absolutely, sure. And there are players in America 
who fit the Canadian game, who absolutely will yeah. not fit the American game. They are just Correct. not that good of quality players for the NFL. And that's why Correct. you don't get Division A, Division I NCAA players coming to the CFL as much as you get Division Two. Okay. Because the those style of players that are, are, are tailored for the Canadian game – don't make it to Division One teams because their but, style of play is different. But there are also there are also Canadian players playing in the CFL that should not be professional football players. Yeah, of and course. And the only reason they are, and the only reason they are, is because there's of the a ratio. ratio. What was that yeah. linebacker's name in Saskatchewan? <laughs> Sam Hurl. Sam Hurl. There we go. Perfect example. Yes. Anyways. Okay, so let's uh, wrap this game up. This was the Edmonton Eskimos, 15 points. And I, they they were all field goals, weren't they? Or did they actually get the end zone? Uh, they got the end they zone one. The end zone. Okay. Uh, BC Lions, 59. Okay. Now, before I go, before I get into the game a little further, I just want to add a couple things. There was some comments about BC in the latter part of this game going for it on third down. This is something that we should, have, should discuss, and how people were saying that was BC running up the score. Now, my argument to that would be running up the score would be taking the easy three points. Going forward on third down at least gave Edmonton the chance to stop them, okay, and to keep them out of the end zone. Unfortunately, Edmonton couldn't, couldn't do that, so we ended up with seven more points than we did three points instead of three points, so this score ended up higher. But the point was is that at the end of – in the Calgary game, exhibition game with B.C., uh, Rick Campbell had a bit of a hissy fit with the blitz that took out our quarterback because, you know, Calgary had already blown us out. It was already a blowout game. It was a meaningless preseason game, and they blitzed on the quarter. These two plays were not similar. You can't compare those two plays. Yeah, because so there's different, completely different situations. This, this game was for the points. It was for two points, but it was also being played against a divisional rival. And you have to, at the end of the season, there is a point spread difference that de- defines what a tie is. So BC had to do this. Now, granted, there's probably not going to be a point spread of 44 points, Edmonton's not going to get those points back, so maybe my argument is moot, but you don't do that. You never take your foot off the gas. Okay, so Edmonton 15, BC 59, total points were 74. Nobody even came close to guessing that. (laughs) Well, I don't think anyone would have expected that. No. Will, you took BC. Christopher took BC. Rudy took BC. We got 100 points straight across the game, across the board, and we did not get points anywhere for that. 
So the total score for this weekend came out with week one, CJ with 390 points. Will was second with 388 points. You were off by two. Rudy at 374. Charles with 370. 20 points separate top to bottom. That was a pretty close week, guys. Very close. There are some weeks. There are some weeks where we're there's two or three hundred points spread between us. There's only twenty. That was very close. So that that's in the books. Put that one away. Okay, we're gone through an hour or we're over an hour through this game already. So um, we're going to pick our scores now for this coming week for week two. The first game was is the Montreal Alouettes. And they're playing in Toronto, playing the Argos. And now a couple things happened out of this. This is kind of interesting. Uh, Where are we? I had something here. Uh, The Montreal owner, uh, what's his name, Stern? Yep. Yes, Stern. Gary Stern, I think. He predicts that the Montreal Alouettes are going to annihilate Toronto in this game. Did did we hear from Cannonbaum? No, no. You know why? Because he thinks that's really going to happen. Um. Yeah, well, plus he, I William don't think he Smith. cares. No, he doesn't. Plus he's busy he doesn't watching the NFL. Plus he's busy watching the NFL. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so the prediction rate across the board on the TSN panel. Jamie Nye, Pat Steinberg, uh, Matthew Paws, Christina Constable, uh, Chris O'Leary, and Jim Morris. Everybody but Chris O'Leary picked Toronto. O'Leary is the only guy picking Montreal. Is that because William Steinbach's out? I don't know. Charles, who are you going to – oh, Rudy took Toronto with 48 points. What are you going to do, Charles? Hmm. I would be much more comfortable with um, Montreal if they were going to have William Stanback. Honestly, without William Stanback, that's really kind of a uh, – uh, it's a tough one to pick, I think. In um, Toronto, they are playing in their uh, their home opener, although – I don't know exactly how many people are going to be there. Usually a home opener, the team can be charged up by the crowd. Not sure the Toronto crowd is going to charge anybody up, but who knows. Uh, but I am going I am going to pick Toronto. I think they are going to win this one. Um, I think Montreal's reeling a bit without Sandback, and they did not look good in the second half last week. Toronto's got some uh, good key additions, not the least of which is Jagger David on defense. They got Brandon Banks now. I think Toronto wins this. I think they win their home opener. Andrew Harris, he's going to want to have a big performance for his team. So I'm going with Toronto in this one. Uh, I'm going to go Toronto and 51 points. 51 points. William, what are you going to do here? Montreal 49. Montreal, 49, okay? I'm going to take T.O. at 42. 
I don't think it's going to be a high-scoring game, and but I think Toronto's going to do it. The second game is a back-to-back with Winnipeg, now in Ottawa. Uh, Rudy took Ottawa with 52 points. What are you going to do, Charles? Ottawa played Winnipeg last week and lost. Um, So they get to play them again, and I'm trying to decipher whether or not Ottawa can outplay Winnipeg two weeks in a row. Ottawa's going to be in their home opener. Um, You know what? I still, Winnipeg's still the Grey Cup champion. They've still got some good pieces of puzzle. I still like their defense. And you know what? I'm going to take Ottawa instead, uh, or Winnipeg over Ottawa. I think, I just don't think they're the better team, and I still think Ottawa needs a few more weeks to really get their their team gelling. And I want to see uh, Jeremiah Mazzoli, uh put up two good weeks in a row. I need to see that before I can have more confidence in him. So, yeah, I'm going to take uh, Winnipeg in this one. Not super confident, but, yeah, I'm going to do that. And I am going to say Winnipeg, 45 points. Okay. And uh, what are you going to do there, William? Winnipeg, 52. Winnipeg, 52? Okay. Well, just uh, as a – oh, oh, shit. I'm on the floor. I'm on the – Driver's side, I can't get over there. I said I dropped a piece of paper and it went on the floor of the driver's seat. Uh, let's see. What about 36? I'm going to go Winnipeg, but I'm going to go. What did you? What was your score, Will? 50 something? 52. 52. 5 2. Okay. Yep. Uh, yeah. CJ is going to do Winnipeg and go. Uh, their combined score last week was 36. I'm going to give them 42 this time. Winnipeg 42. So Rudy's odd man out with Ottawa. Okay. The next game is the Calgary Stampeders into Hamilton to play the Ticats. Now, that's kind of an interesting game. Uh, Rudy took Hamilton at 46 points. Charles, what are you going to do here? Hmm, interesting. Well, let's see here. Calgary, they had a much better second half than they did the first half last week. Uh, Hamilton really never got going against Saskatchewan. They never got their sea legs under them. But I think they're a good enough experienced team to bounce back. But uh, Calgary looked pretty good for one half. But mm, Bo Levi Mitchell was in a walking boat a few weeks, a few days ago. I know he's out of it now. But uh, is it 100%? I don't know. I'm going to go with Ham. I just got a feeling about Hamilton in this one. It's their home opener again, so a lot of times teams get uh, charged up for the home opener. I'm going to take Hamilton. I think it'll be a very close game, but I will take Hamilton um, 50 points. 
William. William, did we lose him? Well, no, sorry, I was on mute. Calgary 46. Calgary 46. Uh, you know what? I'm going to take Calgary as well. I uh, just, you know what? I think Calgary's a better team than Saskatchewan. And Saskatchewan beat Hamilton. So that's my philosophy here. I'm going to go Calgary and I'm going 42 points. Okay. The last game, the Saskatchewan Rough Riders are into Edmonton to play the Elks. This is not a good game to pick. Saskatchewan 56 is Rudy's pick. Charles, what are you going to do? I hate this game because, quite frankly, I, I hate picking Saskatchewan. But after what I saw last it. week, I well, after what I saw last week, I simply can't take Edmonton. They look awful. They look like crap. Now, there's a good likelihood that they won't be as bad this week as they were last week. I mean, they can't get really any worse than what they were. But I just don't see them jumping that far up enough to turn around and um, to turn around and uh, beat Saskatchewan. I just don't see it. And as much as I hate taking Saskatchewan, um, I just I can't take Edmonton. They were just lousy last week. So unfortunately, I'm taking Saskatchewan. Um, but thirty-seven points. William, Will, who are you going to take, Edmonton or Saskatchewan? I'd rather take. I'd rather Call the tie. Is it going to be a tie? I'd rather stick myself with a fork in the eye. Okay. You know what? I don't think Saskatchewan's a good football team. I think. Edmonton, they showed bits of bits of sustainability last week. They, I thought, thought Arbuckle had a couple of sustained sustained drives in the fourth quarter or the second half. Um, they have lots of good players on their team. I hate Chris Jones, but he's a good coach. So I'm going to go Edmonton 36. Wow. Uh, Rudy's gone Saskatchewan at 56. I'm going to take the Edmonton Elks for no other reason than I can't take Saskatchewan. Uh, but all of the reasons that we'll put out, I don't think Edmonton is as bad a team as what they showed last week. I think Chris Jones is going to, uh, they're going to play a lot harder for him this week because he probably made their life miserable this week. And I'm going to take Edmonton, and I'm going to go with make it a clean sweep, and I'm going to say 42 points. And that is our predictions from the Let's Talk CFL panel. How do they compare to yours, and are you in our group? Sparky, put up the put up the the numbers and let's uh, see what happens. Who's going to win week two? Who's going to be ahead in the season? 
It's pretty exciting. Okay, now, that was, uh, we took a long time, but we're going to do that. Now we have right. something interesting. We have, we have the power rankings. Now, the three of us are smart enough to know that the power rankings mean nothing. They are not, an, they are not indicative to what the standings are. They are not indicative to what happened last week. Power rankings are supposed to be what the team has potential to do in the future, and not necessarily the near future, as in this week coming up. But a lot of people think that that's what it's all about. So the power rankings this week have Winnipeg Blue Bombers as number one. They were number one last week. They have Saskatchewan in number two. They were in number four last week. Argos didn't play, and they're in third. Hamilton is, was second last week, and now they're in fourth. Ottawa was in sixth, and now they're in fifth. BC was in eighth, and they're now in sixth. Calgary was fifth, and now they're seventh. That fucking doesn't make sense to me. Uh, Montreal was seventh. They're now eighth. Edmonton was ninth, and they're still ninth. That's the only one that makes sense to me. How does Calgary Stampeders who did have a victory, although last-second victory, over Montreal, end up in seventh place in the league when the team that they beat is, where is it? Oh, one spot behind them. What, what, who's opening a candy bar? What kind of candy bar? Me. I want to know. Ice cream bar. Oh, Those your ice cream again. Yep. Yeah. Mute the mic next time you do that, okay? It was really loud. Very loud. How does Calgary how does Calgary drop two positions? Okay? By winning a game. Did they lose a player? Well, Bo Levi Mitchell's in a boot, but we proved that Jake Mayer came in and did just as well, if not yep. better. And yet, at the same time, Ottawa loses and moves up. Yeah. It it blows my mind. It boggles the mind. I don't get it. I honestly, seriously, I don't get it. And how does that Saskatchewan win, where they barely won, justify jumping two spots? Well, BC bounced up two spots, and they beat Edmonton. I mean, yeah, you know, but it would be like beating a convincing Ottawa. win. It was a convincing win. I, I'm just, I, I'm at a loss as to how to do this. I, I, I cannot see myself putting Winnipeg in first place, but. Well, they started in first place, so they didn't drop because they ended up winning. I, I understand that, Charles, and I understand Toronto being they still won. How do you put how do you put an Eastern team 
above a Western team regardless. How did Hamilton and Toronto get second and third place? Or, sorry, third and fourth. Or second and third. Because they were second and third last Eastern, year. Eastern, now they're, they're third Eastern and fourth. Reporters. Eastern reporters, that's how. It just it boggles the mind. And I don't know. I'm, I'm at a loss on a lot of this. You can't justify any of these power rankings. And I really don't feel like doing my own. Well, and the, the weird thing is, too, is you've got all these places that do the power rankings, and they're all different. Yep. Because everyone's got a different criteria. Yeah, I, mean, I, think honestly, the same, I think they all have the same criteria. They all hate Calgary. <laughs> They're not real big fans of BC either. Well, they still move them up. Yeah, two spots. Yeah. I mean, how, how do you win? How do you win a game and and not get and get moved down? Explain that to me. Oh, we thought you would play better. You thought we were going to play better, so that's why you put us down, even though we won the game? No. We thought you should have scored another 20 points? Like, come on. Okay, okay William, hang on, hang on. Yes. As yes. I said when we started the power rankings, this is a, not about what you did last week or what you've done the I last know. six weeks. It's what I you're know. going to do moving forward. And moving forward, right. Bo Levi Mitchell was wearing a boot. So that has to affect your ability to win. If you didn't have Jake Mayer. Yeah, but, yeah, but everybody's talking about Jake Mayer should be playing now. So why would, why would they go backwards if Bo Levi looked so shitty on opening night? Which he didn't, but they say he did. That's exactly my point. That is exactly right. my point. How can Calgary be moved backwards? What moron right. did this? Absolutely. Oh well, you know, and I, I honestly don't care why, where the BC Lions are on in the power rankings. No, they I mean nothing either. to me. I, I really care where they are in the standings. I just find but, the power rankings funny. That's all. I don't they understand are. how Calgary is is behind BC. I don't. I. I if you want to go I on want to past know performances? What I'd, what I'd love to know is what people's reasoning is behind these things, okay? But if you ever put that out online and got all of our followers to answer this, you would stab yourself in the eye because <laughs> the reasons behind it would blow your fucking mind, Okay. Yeah. Okay, so I'm not even going there. Because that would make my head explode. I I honestly think we're just going to leave these power rankings alone. Because we can argue with them. Charles, do you have anything to say about them? Come on, Charles. What do you got to say? No, I mean, the power rankings are subjective, and they're basically based on 
individuals' opinions, whoever are putting it together. So they're really hard to decipher what's what. Like I said, you you got so many. You've got uh, Three Down Nation does their own, CFL.ca, CBC does their own, and they're all different. They are all use different criteria. So it's really hard to really make anything out of any of them. Okay, I'll ask you a question here, man, and we'll do it real quick. Who's who's the highest-ranked team in the league right now? In the standings, who's the highest team? Who's in first well, place? Well, it would be a tie between – well, technically the Lions would because they have the, the two points plus they had the most points scored. Correct. BC Lions are in first place overall in the league right now. BC Lions. Mm-hmm. Yep. That's, yep. It's kind of exciting, okay? Where does that happen? When was the last number, time that happened? Who's number – uh, yeah, it's been a while. Um, who's the highest team in in the standings in the East? Nobody. They all lost. No, they all, well, they did not. no, no. That's not true. Sorry, it would be Toronto because they haven't played yet. Correct. They were on a bye, so they didn't. They're in first place. Their their bye week got them first place. Uh huh. Yep. Well, now I'm encouraged because the Lions are on a bye next week, this this week coming up, so they'll still be in first place. Yeah, well, they'll drop out of first place then. No, no, no. Well, you know what's going to happen this week? What's going to happen this week is uh, Calgary's going to win by 56 points, and they're going to and they're going to drop them again. <laughs> and they'll be down the well, ninth. You, you, you sound butthurt well, there. Will. No, I'm not buttered. I just, once again, I don't even want to try and tackle these things because the reasoning going behind some of these decisions would absolutely blow your mind. Okay? Yeah. Four Western teams won this week. Four of them. Yes. And of the four Western teams... Let's see. Let's look at this. The four Western teams. So, sorry. Let me, let's recap this for a second. Winnipeg beat Ottawa. Calgary beat Montreal. Um, what was the other Saskatchewan one? Saskatchewan beat, beat Hamilton. Beat Edmonton. Saskatchewan. So, three yeah. of the West teams beat Eastern teams. Okay? So, yeah. in my opinion, no Eastern team should be in the top five other than, other than Toronto because they didn't play. Okay, so using this this logic, which I don't disagree with, BC should be in the first place in the power rankings because they're the only team that beat a Western team. Yes, I was thinking that the same thing. I was thinking the same thing. Yeah. Because normally Western teams are stronger than Eastern teams. Yes. So BC should be the top of the power rankings because they they won. They they're the only team that beat a Western team. Great. But how could you move them up six spots or whatever they were up? You, they shouldn't have been in eighth place. That's true, too. I agree with that. But why were okay. they in eighth place? The because they had a Canadian quarterback. Because <laughs> nobody had faith in, in Nathan Rourke. And I don't know whether it's – and this is a, a, a real 
quandary for me. Do, do people think that the BC Lions were not going to do good because they had a Canadian quarterback, or do they think they're not going to do very good because they have a 24-year-old quarterback? No, I thought, I personally think, uh, well, what we talked about was it had nothing to do with Canadian. Well, it did, but it didn't. He was 24 also. He's a He's got no CFL experience to speak of. He's a, he's a kid. Okay. Right. And there's not many kids that have gone on to, you know, win a Grey Cup like Bo Levi Mitchell in his first year. Um, but, yeah, maybe that's why they did it. And, well, sorry, but maybe they also based it on how crappy BC was last year. You had to start somewhere, right? Yeah, I think that has a lot to do with it. Yeah, I do. I do right, too. but you you know what? Your power rankings at the beginning of the season should not be indicative to what you did last year. They should be what you have done no. to your team to get make it better. Well, yeah, but that's okay. very it's very because look very at Ottawa. Tough. Ottawa, Ottawa. Yeah, but it's, Ottawa did a, a ton yeah. of things. Right, but it's very tough to see what changes those are going to make to you. I mean, what changes is going to – I mean, if you think about it, I mean, you look at a team like Edmonton. They got Arbuckle. They got James Wilder, Jr. They got Lawler, not top receiver last year. They got uh, a yep. cup. They got – okay, they should have been way up there for doing things in the off season, And it doesn't matter because they suck, or they sucked against BC for some reason. And that's why I think Edmonton is going to beat Saskatchewan. Is because they do have a lot of good pieces, and I don't think that, that those those pieces showed themselves up on on last week. And I think that they will I, against Saskatchewan because they're playing for some pride. And and on top of that, um, I think uh, I think Saskatchewan's going to take him, going to take, going to say, ah, oh, this is going to be a win for us. Okay. Is it in Edmonton or Saskatchewan? Do you know? It's in Edmonton. Yes. Okay, so even better. Even better. So. Yeah, I, I, I don't. Edmonton's going to take this. But the power rankings, like we said all along, they're, they're very subjective. I don't yep. know the criteria in which these pe- the, the people who pick this are. I just think they're out to lunch on a lot of them. I, I mean, still don't know how you it, drop it, Calgary it, it, two spots and move Ottawa up. That doesn't. There's no logic in that. And move them nope. higher than Calgary. Yeah. And BC. Right. I don't know, and I honestly I don't see how you could. Winnipeg Blue Bombers didn't look dangerous. I I don't think they're going to be the the dominant force that they were the last couple of years. I did, how long are they going to stay in first place before they get knocked out? When does when does Winnipeg yeah, get knocked out of first place? Week three, week four, week five, week ten. When? But they're not going to be there at the end. They're not that they're not that powerful a team. No. So, 
Okay. Let's move on from the power rankings here. I, w- I want to play with this next one because this one is a bit of a challenge. Okay. Randy Ambrosi will not rule out veteran Americans being eligible to win most outstanding Canadian award. I'm sorry. I am not ever going to defend the ratio. I'm not going to do it. I cannot do it. We now have nationalized American players that if they play on the same team for three years or they play in the league for five years, they become a naturalized Canadian player. Fuck you. They're not Canadians. No. Okay? There's not a hope in hell that an American player in a naturalized state is allowed to win the top Canadian award. Now, here's where I'm really going to get mad about this. I don't think there should be a top Canadian award. Isn't that kind of like being the tallest midget? I mean, no. Why do we have a top Canadian award? Why don't we just have a top defensive player, top special teams, top offensive player? Uh, Why do we need a top Canadian? But if Randy Ambrosi has has his inability, he did this with the four downs, where he didn't come out and say, absolutely fucking not. He wanted to watch the public outcry or be forced to, because of the public outcry, to to pick a position that was obvious right from the beginning. You cannot have an American win a top Canadian award. Can't do it. Do I disagree with the fact that there's Canadian award? Yes. But you can't have an American win it. You can't do it. Charles, what's your thoughts? Well, first of all, this is the Canadian Football League played in Canada. I've got zero problem with the top Canadian award. What's wrong with uh, in the Canadian Football League uh, celebrating it's the top player? No, it's not. That's nonsense discrimination. Not for an award. You, you have an award for all sorts of different people. You have, like, best quarterback. Is that discrimination against? Well, you don't have best quarterback, but def- best defensive no, player. No. Is that discriminatory against an offensive player? Well, no. I mean, you put no, you, because they have it's, the national league, it's the National League of Canada, and I have no problem with them. Um, celebrating the top national Canadian players, the players that are born in Canada. I've got no problem with that. Um, I do think that this idea of of um, an American winning it is absurd. Absolutely, utterly absurd. I mean, it's one thing to designate them as uh, national players. Um national players in terms for roster spots, but no, don't give them, um, don't give them any ridiculous ideas about a, an American playing, uh, winning top Canadian. That's just foolish. If you want to bring in a top American player, I got no problem with that either, but don't do top Canadian and give it to some guy from the U S it just makes no sense. <laughs> That just makes a mockery. So, I tell you, if that's what they're going to do, then they shouldn't have that award. If that's what they're going to do, but 
Should should we have a, an award for the top global player? Should we have an award for the top imported player? I have no problem with that. Non-national player? Um, yeah, it's just, it, it, this this makes zero, zero sense. Um, I don't think that a American should be eligible for this. I don't personally like the idea of having a nationalized Canadian. Just reduce the ratio by one and be done with it. Or eliminate the ratio, which is the smart thing to do. William, William. Oh, What's your thoughts on Randy back. and Rosie? This goes back. This goes back to the best. The best player should get the spot. And I feel the same way about awards. The best player should win the award. Shouldn't be a Canadian player. Shouldn't be an American player. Should be a player, period. Okay? I, I don't think there should be a top Canadian. I don't think there should be anything like that. Okay? I I think it's ridiculous. But that's just me. And you know what? And you guys may be thinking... It's not just you, you it's me too. Thinking, well, no, I understand that, but I don't think uh, I don't think uh, Charles agrees with us, and that's okay. He's he's allowed not to agree with us. Personally, um, I'm indifferent on the matter, but I don't have a problem with you? it. You don't care. You don't care. Not really. Way. I mean, I have no problem with the Cop Canadian Award. It doesn't bother me one way or the other. Uh, but yeah. I don't. I, if there are going to be a Cop Canadian Award. I don't think an American should win it. Correct. Sure, and I just don't think I just don't think there should be an award for an American or Canadian. But I was just That's looking true. at at I was just looking at a memory that came up on my Facebook page from ten years ago. And the memory, you guys ready for this? Uh oh. Way to go. <laughs> Way to go, Brad Sinopoli. Canadians can play quarterback in the CFL. You won the exhibition game tonight. <laughs> wow. Is that something you wrote? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So that was before he decided to become a receiver. Amazing. So. Okay. So, wow. so I have a question Go for ahead. you. We. Okay. We're two to one on. We're two two. We're we're going to call Charles a tie, so we're two zero oh, and one on the top Canadian award. Okay. Hey. Now let's yep. let's correct this if we're. Hang on, let me go on this. Okay, I got somewhere to go. Um, there's a top offensive player, right? Yep. And 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 that's okay. Top offensive player, and there's a top defensive player. And there's a top uh, special teams player. All of those are I, I don't have a problem with. I have two problems with two awards. I have problems with the top Canadian award, and I have a problem with the top lineman award. Why don't we have a okay. top def, uh, a defensive back award? Why don't we have a top linebacker award? Why don't we have a top kicker award? Well, the defensive back why, and the why linebacker. Do you, why do the old? 
Why do O linemen get a special award? And uh, and are defensive linemen included in this? No, I don't think they are because the offensive linemen, no, uh, offensive linemen are not. Or defensive linemen are not, but the defensive linemen can win the top defensive player award, much like a special team or a defensive back or a linebacker. For the offensive, it's a recognition of the offensive line because there's really no other award they would be eligible for. I know, I understand your point. I'm just going, yeah. is this not discrimination to other positions? Oh. That was a pretty deep sigh, Charles. <laughs> you're using yeah, the word, it's, it's not discriminating. Because because it's, it's specifically it's used. 12 times tonight. Uh, That's why. Well, no, but I, I, just, I don't see it as discrimination because it sets out specific rules for what it will. I mean, because the other guy, then if that's the case, then the top defensive player is discriminatory to players that play offense, if that's the case. Then you could make a case that any no, award you give out. offensive players have their own award. Right, and now O-linemen have their own award. What's the difference? The O-linemen are eligible to the top offensive player. Yeah, you're really going to get one of them one of that. They are eligible, they just don't win it. Yeah. Uh, Okay, we'll go with that. Charles doesn't want to argue. Can can a fullback? When's a fullback ever won the award? The top offensive award. Maybe we should have a top fullback award. That's this but then that was discrimination against we, quarterbacks. So, well, well, the, the, the fullback should have their own award then, because they're they're never going to be win the okay. offensive player award, just like an old lineman's never going to win it. Let's okay. just give everyone I just a think it's ridiculous. We can solve this whole we can solve this whole problem. No awards. Hit the nail on the. Charles just hit the nail on the head. Participation <laughs> award across the league. <laughs> Problem solved. Look at that. Fucking it. There you Anderson's go. Get Look, we, should be run- we should be running this league. Doesn't matter if you're Canadian, American. Everybody gets an award. Even the gopher. <laughs> Thanks for showing up, guys. <laughs> <laughs> Why don't we have a best uh, mascot award? <laughs> I don't know. I'm voting for Leo. I How like about, Leo. I I think we should have a best. I think we should have a best fat grumpy guy in the stands award. <laughs> I know who would have we, won last. Well, well we've got the we, we've got the video evidence for that. I know we do. <laughs> you you would win that one hands uh. down. <laughs> yeah. I just don't think people think about these things that they just accept it because that's the way it is without actually thinking about them. Yeah, I agree. I agree wholeheartedly. Oh, okay. You know, I I would hate to be a fullback in this league. You're, you're not going to get fuck all. 
there's no recognition for you, regardless of how many years you play, Sean Millington. Dwayne Ford. Okay. Millington was a great running back, too. Yeah, he was. Okay. Moving on from Randy Ambrosi. Because Randy Ambrosi is a dumb shit. I, and there's nothing else to say about that. Why couldn't he just come public and say, no, we're not going to let an, an American be eligible for the top Canadian award? That's all he had to say. No. Yeah. It's never going to happen. You just say no. Just say no. Say no to drugs, Randy. Just say no to drugs, okay? It's been a rule. Obviously, you're not seeing the rule. Um, segment eight. Where are we on time here? Okay. Montreal Alouette owner Gary Stern, I think we're going to kill Toronto on Thursday. Is he okay to this, to say this, or should he have kept his mouth shut? It's bulletin board stuff for uh, Toronto. I'll, I'll tell you where I look at this. There are players out there who come out and trash talk another team and say, we're going to annihilate you. I'm going to get you. I'm going to take you down. Okay? And they trash talk each other back and forth, and the fans eat it up. Yeah. I absolutely like it. Love it. When the owner does it, it is so cool. Yeah, I don't have a problem with that. I do not have a problem with this. This guy's putting his money where his mouth is. He's got. He's throwing his team out there, and he's he's calling his team out right now. He's calling every member on his football team out right now to go out there and beat Toronto. Well, maybe so. You're right. I agree. I'd rather have an owner like this that actually cares and gets involved than some guy that doesn't care and you don't hear from. Yeah, or somebody who's trying to bring an NFL team into a city. At least the owner's engaged. I've always believed that if I won the billion-dollar lottery, I'd buy the CFL and give each one of you guys a team, and we could just shit-talk each other for the rest of our lives, okay? That'd be fun. <laughs> there's, there's only three of us. I know, but I, I, I've got I've got other friends uh, that would participate. Trust me. The loser gets the so, riders. There you go. Or the bombers. Don't give me the riders. I give I give the I give the Zainwich brothers the bombers. Okay. I give I give Mark Redall the the riders. That would be funny Yes it would be Um, Yeah you'd have to really It would be a challenge because Both Christopher and Charles Want the Lions Yeah we'd have to flip a coin So Charles Charles who would you take as second If you couldn't have the Lions What team would you have Hmm I would probably take Hamilton. Okay. 
Uh, if, I could, right if I couldn't have Van, if I couldn't have uh, Vancouver, I would take Edmonton. Why? Is you that? know why? So you could fire because Chris I Jones. changed no, the I fucking know. name back to the Eskimos. Eskimos. Yeah, me too. I would ch- I would change the fucking name back to the Eskimos in a heartbeat. Any idea? Any idea what my second team would be? <laughs> well, you you just said you'd take Hamilton, but I got you take the Montreal. No, 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 no I Charles got it. I get this. I take yeah, the schooners. schooners. That was obvious. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was. Unfortunately, there's no billion dollar lottery. No, I know. And seventy million from the Lotto Max isn't enough to win to buy a a team. I'll, no, I'll tell I just you what, to though, win the 50th, if I won, Saturday night. If, if I did win the lottery and and of a substantial amount, I bet you I could turn ten million dollars into a billion in less than five years. Okay. <clears throat> and and then I could buy all the teams. Okay. Anyhow, what do you think of Gary Stern, Charles? Ah, he's he's an owner. He's um, he's an owner. He's uh, got his ideas. I don't no real big problem with it. I know uh, some people didn't like it. I didn't have a problem with it. Like I said, you'd rather have an owner that's actually um, someone who's actually involved than some guy that's just there paying the bills and you never hear from. At least he's keeping involved. He's getting his team into the newspaper. He's getting his team into the headlines. I got no problem with it. Doesn't bother me at all. Yep. I, I, I'm, I'm pleased. You know what's happened here? Gary Stern, who owns the Montreal Alouette, is looking at Amar Doman and is looking at the guy in Edmonton, and he's going, we have to do something. We, we, we as the Montreal Alouette have to do something to catch up with these two other teams. That's the way I see this out. William, do you have a thought on that? Um, He's yawning. No, I'm not yawning. I, yeah, you know what? I, here's a here's a thought. Wouldn't it be great if if the owners from every team did shit talk each other. I think it'd be as entertaining as it would be so entertaining it wouldn't be oh, funny. Yeah. yeah. You know, I mean, except could, for like Bob Young, I don't think he'd say shit if his mouth was full of it. But that's beside the no, point. No, but they could they've got so much money they could wager like, you know, you know, a hundred thousand dollars a game. Yeah. That'd be cool. It would be cool. It would be cool. I'd love to see this Gary Stern to say, okay, 
here's the wager, fifty grand or a hundred grand or you yeah. know, uh, the, something something spectacular. And uh, Larry Tannenbaum would just like he missed the memo. He's just not paying attention. Yeah, no, I think this is a good thing for the league. Gary Stern is a good thing for the league. What he just did was good for the, not only good for the Montreal Alouettes, it's good for the league. It got us talking about it. It got other people talking about it. And our people talking about the CFL. I, I think this is an awesome thing. I'm excited about it. Okay. The last segment here we have is the CFL gives out fines after week one. Well, who got a fine? Calgary player got a fine. Will, what the hell? Yeah, that was a, that was a nasty hit. By, was it yeah. Omalade? Was it Omalade? I think it was. Okay, he... Uh, he hit uh, Vernon Adams in the chin with his helmet, crown of his helmet. So, yeah, that should be fine. Uh, you see, here, here's, three here's or four a thought. Players. Wait, here's a thought. Here's a thought. Okay. So that is a fine, okay, when you hit the quarterback in the chin. Let's talk about... And we'll use this as an example. He's not the everybody does it, but we'll use this as an example. The defensive back that hit William Stanback. Okay. Yeah. These guys are taught. These guys are taught when the running back is forty or fifty pounds heavier than you. What do you do? You go for his leg. Take out his leg. The lightest part of that's the lightest part of his body. To me. That causes more injuries than headshots. Yes, because knees, you can take out knees so much easier. And, and they've never, they haven't said, they haven't said what's wrong with Standback, but I think he's got a broken ankle. That's what I think his problem is. Well, I think exactly what they All said right. is that his ankle was broken. I'm pretty sure they said oh, that. Oh, have they said that? I, I I'm pretty sure it's broken ankle. You're right. Or a couple of days ago. I think it's a fractured ankle. But, you know, what happened to you take guys on mano on mano and you wrap them up and you put them down? And if you're not big enough, well, it's not my problem. But I hate these guys who dive for legs all the time because that can cause huge problems. Yes. So, just saying. Hey. Um, William, I'm going to correct you on something here. And it's not that you're not right, because you are right. But the fine wasn't who you think it was. It was Raheem Wilson was fined for a high hit on the running back, Just Run Antoine. Oh, is that right? Hmm, interesting. Yeah. Yeah, it was not the hit on Vernon Adams who was fined. And so if you go if you go back to the game and you look at the hit on Vernon Adams, I'm going to say point blank, why the fuck didn't two Stampeders get blamed for that one or get fined if the hit on Marie, on what's his name was was ah wow it's amazing yeah 
I wish okay. they, the I wish they could fine, be more consistent. The second fine went to uh, defensive back Sherrard Baltimore was fined for a high hit on the Winnipeg Blue Bombers receiver Dalton Shue. Shown. Oh. School. And the third fine was Ty Katz linebacker Simone Lawrence was fined for a high hit on Saskatchewan Rough Riders quarterback Cody Fajardo. Yep. Now, do you think that that was a finable offense? Or do you think that they're just looking at Simone Lawrence because he is used to, they, they normally get this guy? Combination of both. Would this have been a fine if it was somebody else? If this was Adam Big Hill and he hit the quarterback like Simone did, would he have been fined? Hard to say. Once again, I just said they need to be more consistent. It's possible, but I'm not going to say for sure because, honestly, once you got a re- reputation like Simone Lawrence does, they become pretty easy to find you. Find you. Yes, but that's my point. Was this hit that bad? You know what? I think I remember the hit, but. Um, is not really clear in my head, because, and I would say it's not really clear in my head because it wasn't that bad. Now, I do believe that Cody Fajardo should have been taken out for three plays because of this hit. Yep. But the spotter didn't think it was that bad. Yep. And that might have even been a worse hit than Zach Calero's got. The spotter was probably from was Saskatchewan. It, yeah. It's a it's a tough one. I you know I Simone Lawrence I think got got tossed under the bus on this one because he's Simone Lawrence. I think if this was any other linebacker in the league, he wouldn't have got fined for it. Possibly possible. Yeah. Okay, so that's the end of that. That is wrapped up our agenda. We still have six minutes to go in the game, in the game, in in the podcast. What do you guys want to talk about? What is cool? What is neat? What is going on? Next home game for the BC Lions is June 25th. Oh, did I tell you guys I I got my surgery date? Did I tell you I got my surgery date? No. No. On the 29th, Wednesday the 29th. I get surgery on my knee for my torn MCL. Okay. And and will you be on the podcast that night? Is that a Wednesday? Yeah. I will not be. Yeah, I I will not be. So I think we should do that Tuesday night. That's a good call, Will. That's a good point. Why won't Why won't you be on Why won't you be on the show? Come on. I've done the I've done the show on drugs. Okay, come on. Didn't you yeah, call in from the, the hospital show one? Your hospital bed. Yeah, you yes, did. Yes, I did. did. But the point being, it wasn't the night after. It was the not, not the night of his surgery. 
Uh, no, a day after, I think. It was a few days after. <laughs> then, then let's do it on the Tuesday for sure. Yeah, that's fine. We'll have to do it the day before, if that's okay with you guys. Okay. Yeah, that's fine. Okay. Um, here, here's a notice. Hey, here. where's um, it at? Is it? Where's it at? Is it in Vancouver or? Colo- no, Kelowna. I got to go to Kelowna. Kelowna. Okay. Yeah, and uh, here, here's the answer to why we can't do it Wednesday night. My surgery is probably going to be in the afternoon at two or three o'clock in the afternoon. And yep. they say that it is, uh, it, and because there's a general anesthetic, they say that it could be up to six to eight hours before they'll release me from the hospital. Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. Sense. So uh, the show would be over. And then I got and a two-hour so, drive back it, from Kelowna for an hour and a half. Did you say, did you say MCL? Yeah, MCL. Are they going to scope it or are they going to cut your knee open? You gonna cut your knee open? No, they're gonna scope it. No, oh, they're gonna scope it. I wouldn't. I wouldn't well, let them cut my knee open. I wouldn't do it. Okay. No, this it. This is done on Wednesday, and Thursday I have the day off. Friday is is uh, Canada Day. It's July first, and then there's Saturday, yeah. Sunday, and I hope to be back to work on Monday. Uh, everybody thinks that I'm being very optimistic, but uh, I don't know. I can't see why I can't. It's not my clutch foot. It is my clutch foot, but I don't drive a standard. Um, you know, it's not. Yeah, no, it's I, not I can't like see why 50, I can't drive around to the job sites. It, it, it's not like you're 59 anymore. You know that, eh? No, it's like I'm 60. Yeah. Right. Okay. So just just before we get going here, Dave Naylor puts out CFL explains no suspension on Simone Lawrence based on it not being a launch-style head-to-head type of hit, and that while Cody Fajardo was contained on the plate, he was not yet down. Okay? And why is it a fight? And then, exactly. And then Simone Lawrence turns around and says, so what did I get fined for? What did I do wrong? What did I do against the rules? I don't disagree with them. I don't. I don't know what to say. No, I don't either. Okay. I, uh, I'm running out of time here, and Blog Talk just logged me out. So here I am. We're still there. Let's deal with this. Uh, a minute and a half left. Uh, this has been Let's Talk CFL podcast, episode number 491. I'm your host, Christopher Jones. We get, I'm going to sign off. We're going to talk. We talked about last week's games. We're talking about next week's games. Will's having fun doing his ice cream sandwich again. Will, stop it. <laughs> I was just crushing. I was just crushing. I was just crushing the wrapper, sorry. You wait 30 seconds and you can crush the wrapper, okay? The show's almost yes, over. I know. Yeah, come on. Jeez. I know. Jeez. I I, okay, so. I think anyway, I might go get an ice cream sandwich. Yeah, they're my favorite. I got some Rolo ice cream in the fridge. I think I'm going to go have a bowl of Rolo ice cream. Hmm. Um, okay, 30 seconds left. Charles, say goodnight. 
Good night, folks. Thanks for listening. Enjoy this week's games, and we'll talk to you next week. Okay, and William. Good night, everybody, and this is a big shout-out to Rhonda. I love when your team gets molly <laughs> Yeah. Uh, There's no response to that There's not, I loved it, goodbye Lucky Land Casino Asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess Aha, in my dentist's office more than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.